Welcome to What's Your Beef? Each week, we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello and welcome to What's Your Beef? I'm Jane Cudahy. Today we're chatting to Tom Acton, a fifth generation cattle grazier from central Queensland. Hello Tom. How you going Jane? Yeah well thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, The context of our conversation is around mentoring and the empowerment of the next generation of agricultural operators. Um, Beef Australia's Graham Acton Beef Connections Program encompasses all of that and I think the name gives it away a little bit, Tom, but how did your family come to be involved in this particular program? Well, it was uh, Beef 2015, I think, um, when the family was approached about uh, having this program, mentors program in honour of of our father, of course, our mum and our family thought it was a great idea. We were supportive of it and um, very thankful that Beef had come up with the idea and um, so that's sort of where it started and then it just grew from there then. Um, and, yeah, no, it's been a great, great event. Uh, we've, we've The family's had a fair bit of involvement in it um, over the last couple of, couple of beefs, I guess, and, and just to see the young people coming through you know, getting that experience from the mentors and and uh, watching them evolve, evolve throughout the program from the start to the finish, it, it's, yeah, it's very rewarding for us. What exactly is the program? So we know, you know, Graham Acton being your father, but the actual mentoring program itself, what what is it? Well, it's a program that's designed so the participants are selected they they get gone through an interview process and they're selected and then um, they apply for it and then the process happens and they're selected and then there's uh, eight or ten mentors um, that are selected and then that then it all just starts then and then they start they have have meetings and just goes on from there and and um, it comes it. It runs sort of for 12 or 18 months, I think, before beef. Yeah, no, it's a great event. What's your understanding of the criteria? Being a namesake, you know, the Graham Acton Connections, I think it's fairly easy to assume that it encompasses some of your dad's values. Yeah, it's not It's not really driven to one. Like, it's, it's obviously mainly in the beef industry, but it's not driven to one um, area. It's sort of broad across... Right from um, the anim- seed stock animal to the feed lotting to the marketing, um, it's a broad range right across the stud criteria of it. So it's not, you know, it's it's all factors of the industry really. So, um, and like some of the mentors are people from the stud industry, and yeah, people that have been in the um, marketing side, feed lotting. So it's all aspects of the industry really, yeah. And my understanding is though once the applicants have, have got through to that final stage that um, the Beef Connections team actually puts them together with a mentor suited to them. So it's not necessarily you start with the mentors and come up with the candidates. 
it really is finding someone to really mentor people through their own area of expertise. Is that right? That's right. So it's um, it's a great uh, idea, I think. Um, there, you know, there's obviously a few of those scholarship programs and mentoring programs and and other sort of things been going for years, and it's just another way, you know, of like you said before. Uh, getting young people involved in the in the industry going forward, um, you know, with the technology changing all the time and and that sort of thing, we need to keep up to date with with all new initiatives and young people's ideas and that sort of thing. Exactly. So you've seen quite a few, well, a couple of alumni at least come through the ranks. What have been the most memorable reactions or success stories that you've seen with the program? Oh, we've seen, it's hard to pick one out, but um, the last uh, beef, 18, we uh, we went down to the dinner and, and listened to some of the stories of, of the kids and all the, the participants. And, um, yeah, no, there were some really good stories there. There was a few, couple of young fellas and a couple of girls, you know, that had started careers in training and in ag college and, and another bloke that had worked with the feedlotting stuff and um, going into the live export and that sort of thing, um, feed feed protein and, and all that sort of thing. So They're very diverse, very diverse crew. Yeah, very diverse yeah. crew they were. Um, so it was good to see, just good to be there at the end and see them through and the relationships they'd formed with the mentors. Yep really great friendships there, you know, for life. So, What would you say to young people out there who may be considering applying or getting involved? What would you say to them at this point? Uh, I, would stro- I would strongly recommend it, you know, to have a go and you've got nothing to lose. And, um, yeah, it's just a great, great initiative um, to further your involvement in the industry. So I would, I would strongly recommend it. You sort of touched on something we spoke about a little bit earlier, which was a bit cheeky, but um, how how important do you think mentoring is? You know, agriculture is so diverse and so complicated, especially in the modern farming ways. So, you know, how important is it to have maybe not just one but a few different mentors in a few different um, areas? Yeah, I think it is very important. I mean, it's all experience, I guess. You spend... 12 or 15 years of your life at school, getting it, getting an education, which is very vital, especially in today's age. But there's also a lot of stuff you pick up along the way from people that help you going forward in the path you choose. So I think, you know, any, any help you can get along the way is great, really. So... Yeah, any chance you get to do something like this, not just this program, but any anything that can help you in the industry, it's a great asset to have. Do you think there's more of a willingness in agriculture to think outside the box and, and be a bit more multi-platformed? I think today there's a lot, uh, everything, the focus changes so much, you know, like going, you know, going in the last 10 years to, the breed of cattle and the focus on the meat quality and the different breeds of cattle to produce the best carcass and the best eating quality and, and all that sort of thing. It's all getting fairly technical. So I think, yeah, no, it's 
it is. You've got to keep it, keep ahead of the game a bit, so to speak, I suppose. Well, look, mate, I was about to ask you, I think, you know, we as farmers and, and graziers are, are more accountable than ever before, whether for any number of reasons. But does reaching out to programs such as the Graham Acton Beef Connections have a role to play with that expansion of knowledge and that understanding of not just our own businesses, but our consumers as well, who are paying a lot more attention to what we're doing than maybe ever before? Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think there is a lot of um, focus on on that now like than there was before and I think I think that's you see that in each beef like there's a there's a different focus on on what's been happening in the industry all around the world. You know, now we got all the international visitors coming over, which is great. And uh seeing what we're doing and, and anything we can do to you know, they're a lot of those overseas are our main markets so We've sort of got to try and do what we can. All this trade stuff, trade agreements and everything like that, um, very important. So any knowledge we can get to stay up with that, I think is a great thing, yeah. So, again, this, this program, its namesake is your dad, who's no longer with us but continues to have um, a very powerful legacy. What does that mean to you? He was a man that was very ahead of his time. Like he was always, always looking ahead at how he could make things better, and you know he was always trying to produce as much meat as he could, and trying to get as much money as he could for it. You know, and um, and I think that's uh, that's something he will be remembered for for a long time through this program. Is initiatives to try and get paid for the premium quality of meat and, and things like that. So, you know, that's why I think it's it's important that these sort of programs go on as long as they can. So we hear a lot about his leadership and, and that community influence and you were talking, you know, touched on some of his influences just then, but how did he influence you and the rest of your family? We were around him all the time growing up, I guess, and uh, could see it firsthand. So... I guess he had a fairly big, well, big influence on us, um, you know, and and we saw it, you know, in the paddock working with with the with the men and women and and uh, you know that that were around us, and you could just see, you know, he was always positive, always trying to make everyone, you know, as good as they could be, no matter how bad the, the circumstance was, I guess. And have you all stayed in the beef industry? Like, is that legacy? Continue? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're all in the in the game in some way or form. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, it's a pretty big part of our operation now. So, yeah, and we got uh, yeah, all our families got. I think the, uh, there's fourteen grandchildren. So, yeah, wow, and uh, we're all sort of in the beef. So I guess, you know, that's the beef side of things and, and that's why we're all here, I guess. But um, the act and name is pretty synonymous with camp drafting as well. So I can remember when the Paradise Lagoons camp draft really started gaining momentum. What was it like watching it from the inside? Was it a kitchen Was it a kitchen conversation or was it something that's sort well, of an was, offhand idea? It started sort of around the time of Dad's involvement with beef, I guess. 
uh, leading back to sort of 1997 when he started to get involved on the board with beef and then and then he led into being chairman in 2000. That's when uh, we had the first camp draft sort of in at the showgrounds in, in Rockhampton after as soon as beef finished on the Friday, we started setting up panels in the arena and trucked the cattle in and and that was the first first camp draft. And then and then the next year we bought Paradise Lagoons in two thousand and one and we started building the complex here. And then uh, we the next beef two thousand and three that was the first camp draft out here at Paradise uh, at the end of the beef week and um, we'd all went from there, I think. And then it's just grown over the last 20 years, well, 18 years, into a yeah massive full-day event now. Well, it was always his dream to have the best camp draft in Australia. That was the, the phrase coined at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, that was right. It was always to have the biggest camp, biggest and best camp draft. We'd sort of been in, Dad had been involved in the sport for 20 or 30 years. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a young man's game, was it? He he came into camp drafting later in life. Yeah, that's right. He was more into the racing as a kid, and the and the rodeo and uh, pony club gymkhanas and the racing. And wasn't sort of until the mid eighties, I guess, uh, he started with dabbling in the camp drafting. Um, and then, of course, we went to Croydon in nineteen eighty eight, and. Uh, with your heavy involvement in the Clark Creek campcraft down the road there, um, which he was president of for 10, 15 years, and uh, I lent all the cattle there, and then sort of moved down to here and, yeah, got involved in a big way with the with building the paradise um, with his brother Evan, and, uh, and it just went from there and grew into a massive event, um, big, Camp drafting, trade show, and the big state of origin camp draft on the Saturday night. And yeah, used to get all the uh, back sort of 2012 and 13 were probably our biggest years. Um, up to sort of 400 to 430 or 40 competitors and 6,000 head of cattle, and we went for five days then. Goodness, that is a that's a big draft. So you've continued. That, haven't you? You've got a very passion for camp drafting. I've been the president here at Paradise for the last five years. Obviously, we've had to postpone our draft this year, but no, it's it's still going going great. Yeah, we've been had a pretty couple of pretty tough years, sort of with the dry and that sort of thing, like everywhere, and uh, now the coronavirus. But hopefully uh, we'll be back next year. And I'm sure you will. Camp drafting, I feel like <laughs> camp drafting is a fairly constant in, in Australian society, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be great next year. To be out, once we can get out, get out again, obviously, with the beef being on in May. And I'm surprised you haven't jumped on a bandwagon. I feel like camp drafting is the idyllic social distancing sport. Like you can't get any more socially distant, really, than camp drafting. No, well, I guess a few of the horse bodies are starting to make some announcements now, um, the barrel racing and that sort of thing. And the racing's obviously been going all the time, mm. just with the jockeys and trainers. But, yeah, I think it won't be long and we'll start, in some way or form, we'll start to see, in, you know, coming back 
I'm sure. Which will be great. <laughs> now, the reason we're chatting is obviously that uh, momentum is building for Beef 21. We've um, not long to go. What do you look forward to most? Obviously, you know, you've basically grown up around this event and seen it from the inside and out multiple times. So what's what's your top three? Top three to do at Beef? Uh, I just think it's... Good. It's exciting to see the new things in the industry, what's happening in the industry and from all over the world. You get to sort of have a listen in at some of those forums and that to see what's going on and and just a, just a social catch up to, to, to catch up with everyone from all over the, you know, all over Australia, I guess, because it's a national event and the social side of it. But, um, and yeah, just seeing the cattle carcass cattle and the live cattle as well as the stud cattle parading around uh, that's sort of what it's all about but like I said before the going over the years every beef there seems to be a different focus you know from year to year you know back in the early days it was more about the cattle you know the on, on the hoof um, I think it's probably progressed through more so, I say, I suppose it's there's a shift to, the, you know, getting down to the meat more now than the actual the beast itself. Um, the meat and the meat quality and the marketing of it, the eating of it. There's always so many delicious things around at beef, cattle husbandry and all that sort of thing, and and um, you know, there's a big push for that um, now. You know. So there's always a different focus. I think it's great that they're three years apart. You know, they're triennially, I guess, uh, the beef, the beefs, because it just gives a bit of time. You know, and there's always change, and it's a it's a great big gathering. You know, I think if it was every year, it, it wouldn't be quite as good. It wouldn't have that uniqueness. That's right, and it's a great event. And I think now that the the government gets behind it, you know, the federal government. And the state government and the funding they get, you know, it really, really is a great, great show now. Um, and the international visitors that come over. There's a real, it, I think, you know, really encompasses the strength of the Australian beef industry domestically and overseas. And I guess we touched on it before talking about consumers and that sort of thing. And maybe out of COVID, you, you know, people are looking at beef a bit more favourably. Do you get that impression too? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Uh, that's probably through the COVID, I guess, tourism and uh, hospitality is probably the main industries that have suffered the most, obviously, um, with the isolation. I think the food industry, you know, fresh food and all the food industries have probably probably gone fairly well. Obviously, the cattle market's been pretty solid right through. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's great to see. And we're natural, so socially distant. I'm actually, you know, it feels just a bit business as usual, isn't it? That's right. And I mean, it's, and I mean, Australia typically has always had, uh, you know, the clean, green sort of uh, legacy behind it, I guess, uh, which is always a, you know, it's always a sought after market. So, you know, you've got the trade, the live live export trade's certainly been very strong the last few, couple of years too. So uh, there's a lot of options there. 
So it's just been getting stronger and stronger, really. What do you? I just I want to go back to the original question. What do you look forward to? You've mentioned the social, and you've mentioned how how much of a small sport of activity is, but there's so many different events. I think just getting around and and seeing the cattle. I guess is probably what I look forward to the most. Mm. Seeing the cattle and and seeing the trade sites and all the new you know new inventions that are coming to hand and and that sort of thing. I guess. Yeah, and obviously there's, you know, there's, there's people there that you want to listen to talk and and things like that too in seminars and stuff like that. So now you grew up around beef. You are a, a grazier and a multi-generation, fifth generation is my understanding? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So what was it like growing up in such a historical industry? Was there pressure to stay or did you just love it as much as the generation before? Oh, no, I think it's... I think growing up, that's sort of all we knew really um, was cattle and we we went to school and um, we used to muster cattle on the weekends and whenever we could in the holidays and that's sort of all we sort of really knew and then we were camp drafting, pony club, we were always around horses and cattle so I guess it's, uh, I mean it's all we ever did really so you know, getting older then, finishing school, you go back to the land and and uh, I've been married 19 years, so I've got four kids of my own now and um, they're all fairly keen too, so yeah, you just keep moving on. But I mean, it's, yeah, we don't, I don't think we'll pressure our kids to, uh, to be on the land. It's sort of, yeah, it's here for them if they want, but obviously... They'll have their own choices to make, like we had ours, you know. Final question. You know, you've grown up eating beef. Um, I take it you eat beef quite regularly. What's your cut of choice? What do you love about it? What do you reach for the uh, reach for at the butcher? What's your go-to? I'd say rib fillet, yeah, just for its tenderness and taste. And it's a very usable cut of meat, you know, uh, no waste. So, and... Uh, yeah, no, we, yeah, obviously, like most people, we probably eat too much beef, but... <laughs> There's no such thing as too much beef, Tom. No, that's right. That's what we tell everyone, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the doctor says different sometimes, but... Get a new doctor. No. Get a new doctor. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, no, it's all good. Okay, well, look, thanks so much for your time, Tom. Um, enjoy the, the lead up to Beef 21, and I'm sure we'll see you around the traps at some point. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I was just saying the other day, you know, like it's uh, usually 12 months out, start having the launch and that sort of thing. Obviously, it's a bit hard this year to be online and that, I guess. So continual, infinite um, Zoom meetings, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And uh, But, yeah, like like I say, it's under 12 months now, isn't it? So Getting exciting. Uh, it'll, it'll come around pretty quick, it will. I would say. We're in the boots. That's always my problem. I get blisters on the first day every time. <laughs> okay, Tom, I'll leave you with it, but uh, good to talk to you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.